Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard, and we are back. I know it has been a while. been a crazy uh, month of September for us both. A lot of stuff going on, but we are now ready to roll. The Ducks uh, coming up here, playing this week, starting the season. The roster is finalized. We're going to go over that, uh, talk about a lot of stuff going on with the team, a lot of injuries. They haven't decided who the captain's going to be. We're going to cover all that. Uh, some organizational news as well. Some things that the Ducks have, have done uh, at Honda Center and with their media and stuff. Some 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 good stuff that's come this way. So uh, plenty to cover uh, in the show. It's going to be a, a big show. And we're going to try to get back to our regular schedule of doing once a week early uh, in the beginning of the week with our shows. And, and other announcements too. Later on I'll talk about for uh, just us in general. Some more and more uh, good stuff. So... Uh, with that, before we get started, uh, Eddie, uh, how you been? You know, it's it's been a while. We uh, we had a lot of craziness going on, uh, and now we're getting back on track. This is basically the first podcast of the season uh, for the Ducks. Uh, how you feeling, man? Feeling okay. Just uh, been doing nothing, work, work, and that's pretty much it. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned last time, but I'm done with my cybersecurity training. I have my cert, so I've just been uh, slowly building my resume back up and on the job hunt for uh, cybersecurity to move forward there but yeah just taking it easy going hanging out with friends and family and just try to keep myself busy well that's good i'm glad you know uh getting that certificate i know it wasn't easy and you were you know constantly doing a lot of stuff so uh kudos to you because it takes a lot of work uh, to go and get that and hopefully you do a land something soon um it, it's not easy but you know it's always good when you're trying to push and, and make yourself better what you are so uh, for me, I usually don't have much to say. <laughs> the last couple shows, you know, you'd ask me, and I, I was pretty boring with not not really a whole lot going on. But uh, well, I uh, decided to go to Florida this last month, and uh, yeah, I was stuck in Hurricane Ian. And I know some of you are probably going, uh, "Why did you decide to go to Florida, Mike?" Well, Eddie knows this, and a lot of my close friends know this, but uh, my better half. Her birthday is the end of the month. We uh, plan trips, uh, actually all the way up before 2020, we, we would plan trips around her birthday, right? And then all that craziness unfolded. So now we're kind of back to, to doing things. So we had planned in midsummer, ah, let's go to, you know, she wanna go to Florida. And I was like, yeah, let's go to Florida. So we went out there before the hurricane um, had really even started. We, we flew out like, I don't know, five, six days before anything. And we went to Orlando and Universal Studios, and the weather was fine, had a good time and everything. And then the hurricane was going west up Florida. It looked like it was going to go towards like Texas, Louisiana, kind of that way. We were in Orlando, so we thought we were fine, and yeah, we weren't fine. Uh, the hurricane like made a right turn, went east, <laughs> flew over our hotel, Eddie, and uh, we were fine. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing. Happened to us, thank God. We were in a big hotel that that uh, is hurricane proof, I guess, or however they build stuff out there. But uh, yeah, we were stuck in the hotel for two days. Crazy wind, crazy rain. Um, <laughs> it was an experience, Eddie. It was something that I can cross off my bucket list, but uh, it, it wasn't on there to begin with, Eddie. <laughs> that's that's nuts. I'm glad everything worked out. I'm glad you guys were okay. And I'm really glad that you guys 
had that one day at least where you enjoyed your trip and you weren't just stuck in the hotel room and you got to go to Universal Studios and have a good time over there. So that's that that's that's great. But the most important thing is making sure you guys are safe. So I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad you guys were safe and you have that experience under your belt now. Yeah, it wasn't one that I was planning on, and it was a weird trip because yeah, we did we knocked out everything at Universal uh, a couple days before, doing some sightseeing the next day, hanging out, and then it was crazy for like two and a half days. And then we had one day where it was all back to normal. It was just one of the weirdest trips I've ever been on. But um, yeah, <laughs> interesting. I mean, we were fortunate to know where we were at. Uh, there was a lot of flooding but not as much damage in Orlando as unfortunately some of the other people had experienced, uh, especially in the southwest part of the state. Just crazy. But uh, if you've ever been through a hurricane, you know what I'm talking about. I, and hopefully you, you haven't, but I have. And uh, it's pretty intense, uh, a lot of it with the wind and whatnot. So had that happen, came home, um, working like crazy, as I talked about before, uh, got promoted at work, and now I'm working like almost every day. Uh, it's, it's been insane. A lot of training, a lot of stuff that's been going on. So just this month alone, <laughs> I'm working like every day. The only days I really have off are Sundays. It, it's been kind of crazy, but still able to tr try to find time to do our show and, and get stuff going and still obviously keep posting all the updates on social media and whatnot. So uh, just as a reminder, you know, we're part of the Old City Sports Network. Um, we are also uh, thankful uh, for Jesse getting a lot of the sponsors and things that he has been doing. He's the, the, the brain behind that uh, network. He uh, got us hooked up with Fanatics. If you didn't see it, the tweet that is posted at the top of our timeline has a link on there. You can go on there and get discounts on Duck stuff through Fanatics. So that's one of the new pieces of news that I'll share with you early on here. Uh, and another sponsor we also have is uh, Norse Beards. You go on there if you for the guys for any grooming type products and things that you need. Um, you can use the code OCSN, uh, which is the Old City Sports Network abbreviated, obviously, and you can get a discount there. So we're still rocking and rolling. I'll have more announcements uh, later on in uh, the show, but let's kind of start out, I guess, with the beginning. The the Ducks went through the pre uh, preseason. Um, they, they won most of the games against Arizona and San Jose. They lost two out of three out of the Kings. But uh, I guess the biggest thing kind of, you know, I'm not really a big fan of preseason. And that's why I kind of brought out the, the podcast question, um, which we'll still, we'll be back to doing that as well to get you guys engaged. You put it out there on Twitter. You put it out there on, on Facebook uh, about the preseason and whether or not it should be shortened or not. Um, it, kind of a crazy preseason for the Ducks, Eddie. I don't really care about the wins and the losses. Obviously, you want to you know see who plays well and who doesn't. But a lot of injuries came out of this preseason for the Ducks, which was very difficult. You had uh, Jones getting hurt early on, and he came back. Um, McTavish, too, and he he came back. You had Zegers getting rocked in that game against the Coyotes, which that, that created a whole bunch of stuff, which we'll, we'll get to all that. Uh, he ended up being okay, got the wind knocked out of him. Uh, you had Vaka Nainen, he slammed into the boards, he's on the IR and he is out. And then you had Gibson getting hurt in the last game, which of course that caused a whole bunch of stuff too. So you had a lot of these injuries going on in the preseason. And so we asked you guys, because uh, I saw a lot of people talking about it on social media, hey, should the preseason be shortened? And overwhelmingly on Twitter, 71% of you said yes. Um, I, there, there wasn't as many responses on Facebook, but all of you said yes there too as well. So. What did you think, Eddie? Um, just your thoughts on, on the preseason, the injuries, you know, should it be shortened, how the Ducks played, or anything. What, what's your take uh, on the preseason as it unfolded for Anaheim? 
Uh, but I, I would say just leave it at, uh, leave it as is. I mean, the, the whole injury thing is unfortunate, but those preseason games are an opportunity for a player that normally wouldn't get an opportunity to try to crack a lineup, and that's taking away games that they can improve their game and show what they really can might you know make like, one of these teams miss one of these players that can actually make an impact on their team. The Zegers hit, it looked bad, but it, it was a nice, good, clean hit. And as Zegers himself mentioned it, too, it was a, a good, clean hit. It just coincidentally had to be against the Coyotes. And then th- that goes to say, too, th- this is exactly why you need some kind of grit and the sandpaper guy on your team because it's cool that Henrique dropped the gloves and stood up for him right away. But it's, I don't want Henrique fighting. That's not his job to do. His job is to pr- uh, provide offense and, and, and opportunities, not risk breaking his hand to defend a teammate. Yeah, you, you touched on a couple of things there. Well, first off, it's interesting. I, I, we didn't discuss this beforehand. I, I thought you were going to say that they should shorten it, and you didn't. So that, that surprised me. We, we disagree a little bit there. I think that they should still have the preseason but cut the number of games down. Like the Ducks had seven. I would maybe have four or five. That's the way I look at it. But you do make a point, too, that, hey, you want to have these guys play. Um, especially this Ducks team, you had guys that are trying to battle it out and make the team. So I, I, I get you on that point. I'm still in favor of cutting it at least a couple games, but they definitely have to have some kind of preseason. I don't like the idea that some people proposed about, oh, they should just have inter-team matches. Like, that to me is is too much because they're not getting that game feel. Yeah, it's not the full team, you know, but you're playing another team. I mean, let's be real. When you're playing your own guys in an inter-squad league, you're not going to go as hard. I mean, you, you can't replicate that, right? So I'm of the opinion, still have it, but just shorten it a little bit. Uh, as far as Zegris, I, I think it's a big thing. I'll read to you about that hit because that created a lot, a lot of comments all over Twitter and other fa- uh, you know Facebook and other social media platforms. Uh, people were getting nuts. But Zegris said, "quote It was a, a a good hit." He said, "quote That's what the guy needs to do to make the team. He's going to do it. It's all good." The initial hit itself was pretty hard. I lost my breath for a couple seconds. That's kind of why I stayed down. But honestly, I thought it was my ribs and it ended up being nothing, end quote. So that's what I kind of thought too. I, I saw the hit and and at first glance, I, I saw kind of the elbow go through by uh, Jenkin at, you know, at the end. But when I looked at the hit and, and slowed it down and reviewed it, you can see that they're coming across sides. Zegers has his head up. And Jenkin hits him, you know, in the side and the shoulder. I honestly thought that uh, Zegers' shoulder was toast. That's what I was concerned about. I, I didn't really see much head contact, and I, I was worried that he was going to be hurt there. But for everybody going nuts about the hit and saying it was dirty and whatnot, you know, I don't, I don't really think it was that dirty. I mean, is it a hit that you need to make in preseason? And maybe, maybe not. That's a different discussion. I, I don't think that that is necessarily the same thing. Some people are like, "Oh, he hit him hard, dirty hit, yada yada yada." If he would have jumped in the air, right, done some charging type thing, or flying elbow to the face or something, you know what I mean? I, then yeah, I get it. But I, I thought it was a really good hard hit, and uh, it, that's a lesson for Zegers. He's going through the neutral zone. He's he's you know he's got to pay attention now. If you want to argue, okay, it's preseason, we don't need to make as hard a hit or not, then you, there's arguments both ways. I can see that. I, I could say, okay, this guy's trying to make a team. He's trying to make a statement. Then other people are saying, well, wait a second. It's just preseason. You know, maybe not go as hard. 
Um, so I, I don't know. I kind of separated it that way. I what, what do you think? You, do you see a difference with that, or do you think that's all the same? How, how do you interpret that? I mean, I like it. It's like no matter what, if it's preseason or not, you're still playing hockey, and these and these players are trying to make a name for themselves and trying to show everything they got. Like sometimes skill isn't going to be enough. They have to show that they could be a team player. They could stick up for their teammates and bring some kind of some kind of thing to the game. Unfortunately for him, he didn't make the uh, Arizona's opening night roster, but a hit like that, it's going to stay in the coach's mindset. So, hey, maybe if he's doing well in the AHL, he gets a call-up, he gets an opportunity. Um, I, I say leave it as it is. You're playing hockey, you, you play hard into the whistle, make those kind of hits, drop the gloves, and just, just play the game how it's supposed to be played. Don't, don't water it down or, or take it hitting out of the preseason. It's just... Ah, just leave it as is. And unfortunately, this game is a fast physical game, so injuries are going to occur. It's, it's you can't avoid that. All right, no, I'm with you, and, and it brings up another point about this that's kind of interesting. Is this caused the whole big thing too about needing a tough guy on the team, and, and everybody going, <laughs> everybody going left and right about this on social media too. It's just cracking me up to see the differing opinions on this, but. What was interesting is Verbeek was on a couple different podcasts talking about this. They asked him, like, hey, do we need a tough guy? Uh, and we posted uh, one of the podcasts uh, on our Instagram. Um, so if you if you go on there, you'll see our Instagram has been doing very, very well, especially last season, this season. We're posting a, a lot of stuff on there now, a lot more content. The majority of it is on there now, not as much so much on Facebook and Twitter, we're still there, but really on Instagram. We love you guys. We get a lot of questions from you guys. You guys are blowing us up on Instagram. So I, I, I totally appreciate the support. But if you didn't hear the interview, we, we had it on there. And it was interesting. I, I was I was curious to see what Verbeek thought about this. And if you go back on there, you can, you can see what he said. And he talked about... Uh, you know, like, what, what if the Ducks got like a D-Lo back or some kind of guy like that on the team to go out there? And he was kind of shying away from that. He was more of like, well, it should be done by the team. It should be done by the, a, a committee. And he was going along those lines. And everybody should stick up for each other and, and whatnot. And I just thought that was an interesting take because I don't really agree with that 100%. I, I think there are certain players... Yes, everybody on the ice should stick up for each other. We all agree on that. That's like a no-brainer. But when you have a guy like Terry getting his face bashed in against Arizona last year, and now you have Henrique defending Zegras in this game, I, I mean, I, I just, it just doesn't... Why? Those aren't the guys that you need to be doing that. I, I just don't see that. I mean... Uh, I don't think we're back in the days where we have, you know, like the knuckle-dragging, you know, tough guys that go around and just fight all the time, like like Peros, right? He doesn't score much, just goes out there uh, to kick people's, you know what? I don't think we see that as much, obviously. But you still got to have tough guys on the team. Um, and yes, they got to play defense. Yes, they got to contribute uh, offensively. They got to grind. They got to pass. They got whatever. Even if they're a bottom six guy, that's kind of my take. I just thought it was interesting. He, he, I don't know. His answer just seemed kind of wishy-washy to me, Eddie. Yeah, I don't agree with that with that whole thing either. And like you said, but yeah, we're in a hundred percent agreement that everyone has to stick up for each other. But like like you mentioned too, Troy Terry goes in defense for Zegers last season. He gets bashed in. Do you want your top scorer on the team getting his face bashed in, or like like I said before, wrist breaking a hand? when we can have other guys in that bottom six role, that fourth line that can go out there and do that. And if we had guys like like a Tom Wilson or a Ryan Reeve 
other teams are going to have to think twice. Like, hey, if I go after their top player, now i got to answer the bell to one of those bigger guys. And it's like, how it is now, if you go after Zeke, it's like, okay, well, like, well who am I going to answer the call to? Henrik, McTavish, or one of the Drysdale? Like, no, come on. We need to have that structure. We need that police uh, on the ice. Zegers is going to keep doing his own thing. He's going to keep doing the Michigan, those flashy plays. And a lot of other teams and players aren't going to like that. And they're going to take liberties at him. And we need someone on on that team that can sh- like stick up for him and like, you know, really be like, hey, well, if you're going to go after our player, either I'm going to go kick your ass or I'm going to go after one of your star players. Yeah, the Ducks lost that last season, obviously with D'Lo getting dealt at the trade deadline. Manson getting dealt at the trade deadline another one that was um that that could be in the mix but won't be there to start the season is carrick uh, i talked to him on the golf course a little bit before the season he revealed to me that he had hip surgery and he wasn't even going to start skating until this month um you know and carrick's a guy that not the biggest dude but he was contributing offensively last year he's playing a great bottom six role um, solid two-way forward, you know, that's the kind of guy, you need someone like that, a, a guy that's well-rounded. That, that's for me. I, I'm more, you know, as far as the new tough guy, I guess, if that's even a thing. But that's the way I look at it. And I look at this lineup now that the Ducks did announce their opening roster. And you, you look at who's on there, um, there's really nobody on there to do that. I mean, I'll read off the names really quick, but the uh, forwards you've got McTavish, uh, Zegris, Jones, maybe Jones is one. Uh, you have Lundstrom, uh, Re- Regina, uh, Comtois, uh, Lisa, Terry, Grant, Henrique, Silverberg, Strom, Vetrano. Uh, defense you have Drysdale, uh, Fowler, Klingberg, Shattenkirk, uh, Bolyu, Kulikov, White, and Benoit. And then your goalies, Gibson and Stolar. So, I mean, you got Jones in there. Um, I, you know, I, I don't really know what else you have in this lineup. Uh, Carrick was the other one, and obviously, uh, you know, I don't know when he's going to be ready. So uh, that's kind of tough. I mean, that that's kind of a concern there. And I know some people think, oh, it's not a big deal, whatever. But, yeah, they're going to target Zegers. I mean, that's what they're going to do, you know. And I, and I go back to the old school Todd Ewan, Stu Grimson, when they would go after Paul Correa and Tame Solani. And I know that's going back in time, and I know that's old school, whatever, but I'm not saying we need a Todd Ewan or Stu Grimson on the team, but you still need somebody out there that's going to at least answer the call. You know, I, I don't want Terry or Henrique doing it. So, I don't know. I, I agree with most of the things Verbeek has done with this team. I think he's turned his team around phenomenally, done a lot of great things, but that, that interview was interesting. It was a very wishy-washy answer, and, and I think... Uh, I don't know. Will it be problematic this season? It might be. Um, you know, what do you, what do you think, Eddie? Yeah, it's. A, I think it's going to be a, definitely a problem this season. Uh, like I said, you have a lot of players that don't really like that flashy kind of, I guess, game that Zegers brings, and they're going to want to take liberties at them. And no, no team wants to be embarrassed. Buffalo, that that the whole Michigan assist, whatever it's called. That was just that thing blew like out of proportion. That like blew the, the whole internet up. You don't think that goalie in that team is gonna remember that and be like kind of humiliated? Maybe be in awe a little bit of what happened, but it's no. You, you definitely don't need those guys like like George Perils or Forster types, but you need those hard, solid grinder types like D'Lo, like Carrick that that can go out there and and, and kind of like I said, police the ice. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be interesting. This this Ducks team, 
looking at this lineup, you know, I don't know. I think uh, the injuries are unfortunate. I think Vaka Nainen being out did not help at all, big time. The Ducks did go get Nathan uh, Beaulieu and, and sign him to a one-year deal. Obviously, they did that right after he got hurt, direct relation to that. And the other concern for me is the defense on this team. Um, you've got Fowler and Klingberg, Kulikov, Drysdale, and Chatkirk. And then after that, um, you, you know, I was looking to see maybe if Mahura would make the team. Then he got picked off on waivers uh, by Florida. And I was really worried about that, too. When I saw that go out and he was put on waivers, I'm like, I, I felt like 90% he was going to get picked the next day, 10% not. And then he did. So... Now the Ducks are looking at White and Benoit that could also fill in on defense. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of concerned about that. We, you know, that, that's that's just another issue. Um, I don't know what this season I'm worried about. We we had one Instagram follower, uh, J O C A E L underscore Joe, asked that too. In order for our defense to hold up against top caliber teams, what needs to happen? Well, this is what I'm worried about. Uh, Gibson got hurt the last preseason game. It looks like he's gonna be there on opening night. We haven't heard anything different, but um, whether it's him or Stolarz, or they bring up Dostal from San Diego, whatever, uh, we cannot lean on the goalies and, and allow 40, 50 shots a night. And, and that's what I'm kind of worried about. Uh, Kolakov and, and Bouillou, I mean, they're good, don't get me wrong, but you know, I, I don't know. The Ducks really have four guys right now. Um, and Klingberg's more of an offense, you know. I, I liked what I saw on the power play. That was something you and I talked about on the last show is uh, looking at how they would do there. I think special teams-wise, I'm excited. Um, we saw some of that with uh, Segris, Klingberg, and McTavish. So that part I'm excited to see. But defensively, I'm a little bit worried going into the season, Eddie. Yeah, it looks uh, completely shaky. Um, you want to have that... Uh that extra, like, it's more development from Drysdale because you can tell he has something special going on with him, but it does look shaky. We have two defensemen that we just plucked out of nowhere that are kind of not the same, I guess, in their, I guess, same play style they had years ago. So I can't see them breaking that much of a difference. And that was a good question, too, because you have other teams that uh, that have the true superstar talent. Ducks don't really have that besides John Gibson. Is there, like, only true legitimate superstar? We're watching Zegras rise to that but he's hasn't hit that superstar or superstar status level yet he's getting there but man that defense looks it looks kind of kind of scary and hopefully they can do something and help uh, offense can come out and help out a little bit more if not we're going to be seeing those 45 50 shots tonight and like you said it just that burns you out and gibson's going to get burned out i mean i gonna have the same thing would happen last season where they started off real hot uh, the team was good at one point. They were like, fir- like first in the Pacific Division, but then it just reality came back, and Gibson just got fatigued. It seemed like, and the Ducks just went downhill from there. Yeah, I mean, so a lot of it's going to be the goalie. Obviously, uh, Gibson played well the beginning last season, then after the All Star break, not so much. So of course, that's going to be a lot of it. But getting Vakanina back is going to be huge. The other part of this is that the Ducks have got to, uh, you know, obviously have better puck possession numbers, a B in the offensive side, right? Sometimes they talk about a good defense is, uh, you know, having a good offense, right? A little bit maybe uh, counterintuitive. But if the Ducks can provide more offensively, grind it out, keep the puck down there as well, not put the pressure on the defense as much, 
then that will help. And I, I do think there is an, an ability to do that. I think the question mark is what is this Ducks team going to look like? Um, I, you know, going by the forwards in the last preseason game against the Kings, they had McTavish, Strom, and Terry together. Henrique, Zegras, and Metrano, Comtois, Lundstrom, Silverberg, and then Jones, Grant, and Regina on, on the fourth line. So, that's how they went. It's I'm really curious to see what's going to happen because a lot of you are asking questions about, uh, you know, Zegris and who he's going to be with. We had Quack Attack on Instagram asked, you know, will we see Zegris with McTavish this season? I don't know. I, I think that would be a good line to see. I, I would like to see McTavish, Zegris, and Terry together. Um, I think that would be a fantastic line. And I actually asked this uh, to uh, Dan Wood and. Uh, uh, Steve Carroll and it was funny Steve Carroll agreed he he felt that Zegers and Terry should be together and then McTavish he thought that would be good and then Dan Wood thought opposite he thought Zegers and Henrique should be together and then you know throw in a third guy uh, like Pachano so kind of differing opinions there w what do you think are, are you team Carroll or are you team Wood on that one Eddie I I'm team Carroll on that one <laughs> yeah that McTavish Terry and Zegers seems like it can do some serious damage like that that's gonna be that would be a fun and I'm pretty sure we'll see it throughout the lineup it's, it, these lines aren't gonna be like set in stone where it's like okay now they're gonna just pick these players who they're playing with and that's it no it's gonna change so that, that's gonna be a fun one but I do like the McTavish Terry and Zegers line it's just man that's gonna be fun to watch yeah I, I think that line could you know do some serious damage this season so I, I do like the Ducks' top six, no matter how it shakes out. And, and if McTavish is on there, I'll be ecstatic. I, uh, I talked to him about that, too. I saw him on the golf course, and I said, man, you know, you, you have a chance to be top six. I, I hope you get that chance. And he joked. He was like, uh, he's like, you should be behind the bench, uh, you know, given those words. And I, I just laughed. I'm like. McTavish, you do not want me behind the bench, man. I will screw shit up. I might put you in a top six role, but I will screw everything else up. But, but he was he was laughing. He was like, "Yeah, you know, we need you back there making some of the shots." You know, so I, I was I was laughing, joking around with him. But but all kidding aside, I, I think he does have a really good chance of being a top six role. Absolutely, um, the way that this lineup's going in, I think the Ducks to do some damage there. I'm a little concerned about this third line, Comtois, uh, Lundestrom, Silverberg. Um, they didn't really look too good uh, in this last game. Their uh, puck possession numbers were actually pretty pretty terrible, unfortunately. So I'm kind of worried about that. I did like the fourth line, you know, Jones, Grant, and Regina. I, I thought they looked really good. So I, I don't know. I, I, I feel good about the top six and then not so much about the bottom six, Eddie. Yeah, it's it takes time, though. These players haven't played in a while. They probably haven't played um, with each other like that. Um, it's set to wait and see. Uh, hopefully, Comtois can come back to form. Uh, he had a kind of an off year last season, so hopefully something gets rejuvenated. We can see him put up those offensive numbers like we did uh, two seasons ago. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see these guys. I'm really pulling for Max Jones. I know he dealt with some injury things, too. He just, he just he works hard out there each and every shift when he's out there playing. And obviously, if you guys follow him on Twitter or see his interviews, he has a really great personality, energetic personality seems like a kind of guy that that gets everyone going in the locker room that has a lot of laughs and smiles so i'm really pulling for him such so like on the spot question too mike it just popped in my head i want to just get it out here before i forget come opening night who scores the first duck goals of this season oh throwing it out there i'm going mctavish 
Who are you going? Oh, I was going to say McTavish Alk. too. All right. Yeah, because I'm really pulling for him. Yeah, so I hopefully he uh, he scores it. If not, hopefully Zegris scores a goal. I don't know how he can top what he did last season and those two Michigans, the Michigan assists. Maybe he just. Oh, I, he was. I think on one podcast he was joking about turning his stick the opposite side and scoring from the the top of the shaft. So hopefully uh, he tries that and it works. But I'm looking forward to seeing what this team does. And I don't necessarily think this team's a like a playoff team yet. But I think we, we, what you see them, they're getting there. The, the forming, uh, watching these players develop in front of us. It's been fun to watch. Last season, despite them not making playoffs, it was still a great season. It's really fun to watch and just watched everyone. Um, get Anaheim back on the map, and then come well off season two. McTavish did the same exact thing at the World Juniors when he made that that last second save on the puck. Yeah, I talked I talked to him about that too. I was like, man, that was a great play, you know. And he was he, you know, I, I like McTavish. He's very humble. He, you know, he he didn't, you know, he he seems real mature for his age too. I I heard him on another podcast, the Spit and Chicklets one. Just hearing him talk and the way he answers questions, he seems like way beyond his years. Yeah, I get the same feeling, honestly, from um, seeing him in person and talking to him as well. Uh, that's the same kind of vibe that I got from him as well. Um, so I, I look to him to be a huge part of this uh, Ducks team this season and going forward. Um, and I, and I, I, I'm excited to see what, what he can do on this team. Um, just I, I got nothing negative to say about the guy. I mean, he just was super nice. And, I, and like you said, I think he's uh, very mature for his age. And I think that... Uh, if he gets paired in with the right people, then um, it, it can be a really good season for him, you know. And, I, and I'm really curious to see how Terry does. I think uh, I talked to him. I joked about getting 40 goals this season. He kind of laughed it off. Um, I, I think it's going to be tough for Terry, uh, as far as from a fan's perspective, with him, you know, getting so many goals last season. Um, if he doesn't get that much, I think some people may be disappointed, but I wouldn't, uh, you know, I mean, he had Getzloff next to him. That's another big question. He doesn't have him now. Now he's going to have different line mates. So I'm really curious to see how Terry's going to perform this season, Eddie. Yeah, I'm kind of nervous about that too because I do want him. I like the kid. He's, he's been one of my favorite players since he came on the Ducks. Colorado boy. So I have a special place for Colorado people in my heart. But, yeah, I, I hope he could just replicate what he did last season and it just doesn't affect him by not playing with, uh, with Getzloff. Um, we have another good passer in our team, Zegers, so maybe uh, that can help him uh, get to that 40 goals this season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why I kind of wanted to see McTavish, Zegers, and Terry together. So I'm curious to see if, the, if it's, if it's going to be like what they did in that last game against the Kings or uh, if they'll shake it up. So that, that's something to keep your eye on. Uh, another thing as far as the Ducks, that you know, I, I, I talked about the lineup. I ran through it real quick. If you didn't see it, I posted it all over social media as far as the, uh, the roster, the 23 players that they're at. The other one that's on a PTO, people asked, and we, we didn't have an answer, at least the time of recording, this was uh, Rocco Grimaldi. Um, what are your thoughts about him, Eddie? You know, I know he was in the Colorado system for a little bit. Um, you think the Ducks should try and sign him even if he uh, starts out in the goals or, or, or maybe they just cut bait and, and say peace out? What, what do you think? Yeah, I say give him a shot. He works hard. He's just, he's been working hard uh, everywhere he's played. Uh, he he had a decent time in Nashville over there. Um, I, yeah, I think he he works his ass off. He he earned a spot on this team. I'm surprised that they haven't announced it uh, yet or they haven't signed him. So I don't know what's to hold up on that. But I'm looking forward to just having his his energy out there and his work ethic out there. He's an Anaheim boy too. He was born in Anaheim before he uh, his family moved out. 
So it's funny too. I have a, I have a, I have to find it through my phone. I have an old video of him uh, when he played roller hockey Narch. He's like ten or eleven years old, and they like they interviewed him too. So it's kind of fun to watch. I have to uh, find that video and post it on the Ducks and Pucks account. Oh yeah, dig it up. <laughs> you know, another interesting part of this puzzle was the Ducks uh, brought in uh, Brett Leeson. Uh, played on Washington, had uh, 36 games, six points, three goals, three assists. They claimed him off waivers, and he actually made the the roster. Um, uh, Godden got sent down the waivers. Hopefully, he clears. But uh, it's kind of interesting. I, I mean, it's a big kid. He's like six five, um, 23. Uh, good two way game. Maybe not necessarily the best offensively. Um, also 218 pounds, so he's a big dude. Adds some more physicality to the Ducks. Um, I don't know much about him. I'm not going to pretend that I do, but um, just reading the couple quick things I did before the show, seems like it's a depth guy that the Ducks may use in a bottom six role, Eddie, that could help out. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, big guy, a big physical guy like that. Well, I don't know if he's that physical. Like I said, I don't know a lot about him either. We just got that news today. But, I mean, being that big, obviously, you, you have to have like to know how to throw your weight around. Maybe that's someone that we need on that, that fourth line that can bring that physical edge and that kind of can scare off and police other teams from taking liberties to our players. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's the one, like you said, that comes in and, and can provide that kind of role. Like I said, I'm not going to pretend. I, I don't know a whole lot about him. But being a big kid and young guy, maybe he's a, a spark plug that can play on the bottom six. And also provide some of that grit for the team that you and I have talked about that that sometimes we feel we're lacking, Eddie. Yeah, I wonder what number he's going to choose because they, they have him listed as being number 49 on the Ducks, but that's Max Jones's number. So I don't know if Max Jones has been offered or if he wants to change his number or keep that number 49 or what's going on. But I'm kind of just one of those things I'm curious. I'm always curious about players coming in and which number they're choosing. And you know what we have to do too, when especially when you when you go to these events and talk to these players, you should just ask him like, hey, what what, like, what made you choose the number you have? That's always like a, a fun thing I like to ask. Like, hey, like why would you choose this number for? You know that that's a great question, and you're right. I'm looking at the website, and Jones and Leeson are both 49. I didn't even notice that. That was a great catch by you, Eddie. And it is a good point. I mean, because you look at Zegers, he changed his number, right? If you guys didn't catch that, he's now number 11. You had uh, Drysdale change his. He's now number six. So, yeah, I'm curious. Uh, for some of you guys, um, I don't know if you know about, like, Eddie and I have different numbers, too. I'll go first on this, too. I, you just made me think of this question, but I've had different numbers and why people ask. But my first ever Ducks jersey I had, my mom, uh, you know, God rest her soul, she got me ones with the number five on it. So I was 55. And that was always my number for a long time, you know, back in the 90s uh, with the Mighty Ducks and all that kind of stuff. But that was a lucky number for my mom. So she got that. And then I wore number five for the longest time. Uh, and that's the reason why I had that number. Um, what about you, Eddie? I know 44 has been kind of the one that you've had or was anything else? Yeah, I, st I, I started off, well, I, I wore number 96 for a couple seasons. I wore... Uh, Number 12 in high school because my number was taken. I switched to four because my number was taken. But for the majority of me playing hockey, it's always been number 44. I always picked that number. Um, when I ran track in, in high school, um, I was number 23. That was like randomly assigned to me, Jordan's number. 
So I think that's the only other number I've had. But I just I stick to 44. It's my favorite number. I love it. I mean, obviously, if you guys see me in person, I have a lot of tattoos. And, like, a lot of my 44s are everywhere, too. So it's just my, my lucky number. And I just kind of run with it. I have this thing with the... I always see... Uh, the three numbers four 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 in that sequence all the time so it's like i have like a big old like thing with that so yeah it's, it could be number 44 and i don't think i'll ever change it i don't i don't play hockey as much right now just needed a break from it after playing on like seven eight teams in one season i just got burnt out but yeah 44 will always be a be my number i'm hoping one day that they get a player that i really like that's number 44 on the ducks that i can buy their jersey that that'd be pretty pretty cool i know Delo uh, was 44 in minnesota then he switched to 44 uh over there in philly so i was hoping the ducks would keep him and he would switch to that number 44 and i could bought his jersey with my 44 on there but only only one can uh can hope maybe mctavish when he gets the opportunity to change his number he can pick number 44 and i get a mctavish jersey yeah, exactly. Uh, that'd be cool, man. I mean, yeah, the double the double number thing is always kind of what it is. I think it's just always kind of been the number, you know. So, but that was the lucky one for my mom. So I still have those. Uh, I read the original jerseys. I have the 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 uh, eggplant purple and then the white, obviously. So a um, little bit of history there as far as our, uh, our our numbers and what they mean. But you're right. That's a great question to ask some of these guys. Like, why is that your number? Like, why do you like that number? You know, is it just was that one that your parents liked, like my mom, or was it something that you liked, or was there a certain player that wore it? Um, you know, what, what is it? So, I'm very curious to see. But yeah, we had some of those number changes, and you're right. I don't know what he's going to do. He's not going to take Jones's number. We know that. So, we'll <laughs> you know what? Like I, I said, I said this like numerous times on uh, on various other shows, but like that's one thing I wish the Ducks would change. Um, just let these players pick their own numbers coming in. I, I know it's important to a lot of people to have your number, and I get it. Earning your spot, earning that—that's a, a tradition to earn your number. But that's one thing that I would like that old school mentality to kind of get rid of. I just wish these players were able to just to choose their own number and let them play with that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, why not? I mean, unless obviously a senior person is taking it. So, I, oh I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. On and that. the game's and, and the game's changing too. So why not make a little minor change and just allow them just to pick whatever number? I'm sure the fans would appreciate it too. Uh, I know fans like sometimes get upset that they had Zegers' forty-six jersey. Now they switched to eleven. I mean, I, I still wouldn't mind that. Like having his his rookie number and, and what he's done with that number. Like that's I think that's just like history. That's cool too. But yeah, I really wish they would just allow them to pick their own number and go from there. Yeah, that's like uh, people that have Solani's thirteen. You know, some people forget that he didn't always wear eight. He wore thirteen too as well for a short time. So. Uh, I still think it's cool. Like I didn't buy a Zegers jersey either way. Like I, I don't have one, but uh, yeah, if you had the 46 originally, I would keep it because it's going to be rare. He's going to have 11 now, right? He's probably going to wear that, you know, forever. But how many people are going to have a 46 from back in the day when he first started? So it's just something to think about. I mean, if you're into that kind of stuff, I, I'm into a lot of hockey jerseys. Uh, a lot of people know that I, ha I have a whole bunch of. Uh, Ducks jerseys um, and whatnot, a collection of pretty much all of them. I'd probably spend too much money on them. But, um, yeah, the numbers thing is kind of cool. So, and what it means to people. So, it, it would be interesting to kind of, you know, poke their brains and ask some of those people, um, some of those players about that. So, uh, yeah, we've, like, went on a tangent on this. I love it. Um, so, with, with the – let's see what else we got on here. We've had – someone else asked, too, about McTavish. We had uh, B – EET Cooperative on Instagram asked about if McTavish was on the third line. 
you know, what would that line look like if Silverberg wasn't on there? And, and that's a question, too. I mean, I think McTavish at this time, I think he will be on the top six. But maybe they do mix stuff up. I, I wasn't really that impressed with uh, Comtois, Lundstrom, and Silverberg on that third line. Maybe they do shake it up and they and they throw him on there instead. But I don't think that they, I don't know, I just don't think that they should do that. I, I like McTavish being in the top six role. Um, maybe the Leeson kid gets thrown in there on the third line and they and they change that up. Um, that is the one line that I am concerned about. I, I feel like the top six, whatever combination they do will work out. Seems like the fourth line's doing okay. But, uh, you know, yeah, you could throw McTavish on that third line, but then who are you going to throw back in the top six? I just don't see that happening, Eddie. Yeah, I, I definitely want McTavish to have the opportunity to play those big minutes and see what he can bring. Um, but like I said too before, these lines are going to change. You, you'll see, you know, I'm sure you'll see Silverberg pump up to the top six, and, and just everything gets switched around. Ducks are losing, and they need some kind of spark or or anything. Or if you have, you know, one of these guys having a, a, a explosive night, yeah, they're going to get those extra minutes and probably going to transition and switch to a, a top six role for the game. But yeah, I, but like I agree with you too. I think uh, McTavish is a, a top six potential, and just keep him in that top six and see what he can do. I mean, he didn't play bad last season too when he had that little that that nine game, ten game uh, thing he did. He had like three points, scoring on on his first shift too at uh, against San Jose. So I was looking forward to that extra year of development and all the hockey he's been playing. And I'm pretty sure he's gonna come out there with a burst of energy and provide a lot of uh, offense for the Ducks. Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna it's gonna be. A fun season to watch no matter what, regardless of uh, the outcome. I, I'm really curious with these guys and how they develop and the way the line works out. I mean, this team's really got a complete makeover when you think about it. You don't have Lindholm. You don't have Manson. You don't have Adilo. You don't have Raquel. These guys are all gone. They're all on other teams. You brought in these new players uh, on the offense and the defense. I'm really curious to see how it's going to all shake out. Um, and we'll get to another section here real quick. I'll mention one sponsor. Um, we also have uh, Dr. Zlinko. His uh, Z-Stack Vitamins, um, if you go to ZStackLife.com, put in my name, Mike, you get a discount. Uh, it's a great multivitamin. I've been taking it for, I want to say, about a year. It, it's something brand new that's come out, but it, it, it's a very uh, good product if you're looking for a multivitamin to take. So uh, Z-Stack for life. Uh, enter the code Mike uh, for a discount. Uh, with that, you know, we're talking about this team, Eddie. And we talk about the lineup and all this stuff. Well, the other part of this equation is who's running the show. And right now, nobody's running the show. Um, the, they've come out and said, uh, Verbeek uh, talked about that there's not going to be a captain to start the season. There's going to be three alternates to start. And it does sound like that could change throughout the season. That's not like the end-all, be-all. They're not going to wait till the end of the season to pick the captain. But what do, what do you think? I, I mean, they had Silverberg wearing an A. They've had Fowler. Um, what do, who do you think are the uh, you know the alternate captains to start the season? Do you think that's the right call or not? No, you have to have one significant captain. You're, you have to have that leader to to provide just these the, the three alternates. It's, I don't I don't understand that. It doesn't work for me. Keeping the captain spot vacant. I know it's an important responsibility, and you can't just throw it on, on anyone. It seems like Zegris is the future of this team, and I'm pretty sure he'll be a captain soon in his career. But giving it uh, that kind of responsibility for someone that young 
and putting that much pressure on them, I don't always agree with that because I think a lot of these young guys need time to develop and they don't need that extra responsibility. Some can jump in that role. You had Landis Cog do it, and he did a fantastic job over there in Colorado when they gave him that the captaincy at 19. But this team has to have someone to lead them, a leader. And I just them going with three A's and and just leaving it vacant. It just doesn't sit well with me. And not just for the Ducks either. Like the other teams that don't have the captains too. I know the Jets are another team. I think the Coyotes don't have a captain anymore. It's like you have to have someone just to, to lead and not just three alternates. And I know it's a it's a, a team mentality and everyone's going to help each other. But I just always think it's important to have that one, that one leader that's going to just kind of rise up and, like I said, lead. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's a big thing, and I, you know I asked a lot of the guys that too when I when I saw them and what they thought. They felt that Fowler or Henrique were, were you know it seemed like the names that kept coming up because I mean you, you look at the contracts. Uh, Fowler's the longest standing duck on the team. Now I'm not saying he should get it just because of that, but I mean it is a factor to consider. He's also uh, one of the ones that signed the longest on the team other than Gibson, and then you also have now Stroman there that's actually signed one more season past him. So that's one name that was in there. Henrik's in there for this season and next season. Um, Silverbrook's had the A. That's another one. I'm kind of curious about Strom uh, being there for a while. Um, you know, maybe he's a guy that they want to throw in the mix. And then you've got a Terry and a Zegris. And I know some people sit out there and they say, well, they're too young, you know, this, that, and everything. Well, Anybody remember some guy named Paul Correa? I mean, Paul Correa uh, came onto the team and was captain within like a year. So why not Troy Terry or, or Trevor Zegers? I, I, I mean, you know, either way, I, I'm with you, Eddie. I think that they should pick somebody. I don't like the fact that they're kind of waiting it out. I would, I would say, hey, you go with one of the senior guys um, on the team if you think that's who it is. If not, I, I would give. Uh, Terry or Zegers a shot. Uh, that's just me. Maybe it's premature, but I, I think either one of those guys you can't go wrong with. Yeah, I totally 100% agree. And like, like I said, like my whole thing is not that they're too young. I know these players have a lot of maturity beyond their years to get where they, at, where they are, especially Zegers to come out and just you know, say that it was a, a good hit. That, that it just That's a really mature response in the way he handled it. So like I don't mind that at all. Just like I said, I don't want them to have that extra added responsibility. Maybe it's different though, since it's an, it's an uh, over here in Anaheim. It's a kind of a lower market for hockey. Per se, it's not like one of those Canadian teams. You slap on a C with someone, your team starts fumbling, and then like, the whole media and the whole world comes after you. So maybe it's a little less stressful to be a captain playing out over in this area. But yeah, I, I agree with you too. With Zegers or Terry, you can't go wrong with either one of them. Or I always thought that Cam Fowler would be the next captain of the Ducks when, when um, Ryan gets off retired, and I, you can't go wrong with him either. Yeah, I thought that too. I thought Fowler would be a shoe-in too for sure, but they're going to wait on that. And and I'm with you too. Like, If you understand the markets in Canada and some of the bigger cities in the U.S. and the Ducks, the, like, yes, you put someone in captain and say he just stinks up the place and, and it just it goes south this year. It's not the end of the world. But I think part of this might be tied into the contracts too, Eddie, because Verbeek said with Terry, Zegers, and Drysdale that he's not going to worry about their contracts and extending them till the end of the season. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's just in a feel-it-out mode this season because this is his first year actually being the whole GM, right? He came in in the middle of last year, and that's why he's trying to do that. 
um, and feel it out and see. Maybe he's afraid to give like a Terry Ozegas a contract and then they bomb or whatever and then they don't ex get extended or whatever, which I mean, I highly doubt that's going to happen. I'm just kind of spitballing right here. I really doubt that that's going to happen. But I don't like the 3A thing. I, I just not a fan. I, I think even if you go with a Henrik or a Fowler, and then down the road you give it to a Terry or a Segrist. I think that's fine too if you don't want to give it to him right away. You know, so I don't know. It looks like it's going to be rotating alternate captains, and and I think it may be Terry in some games, and it's going to be Henrik, and it's going to be Fowler, and it's going to be Silverberg. I think it's going to be different people. I don't know if it's always going to be the same set of three. But um, that's just my take. I, I think you got to have someone to, to guide this team. And and that's one thing that kind of worries me is you don't have that person to do that. And, and nothing on Getzloff. I mean, he retired. He did what he wanted to do. So it's big, big shoes to fill. Um, or skates in this case, right? So um, it's going to be interesting to see how this team finds its identity and who becomes the captain, whether it's in the middle of the season or the end of the season, Eddie. Hey, maybe come January, Ducks are going to start off really, really hot and be in a playoff position, uh, January, February, a playoff position. You'll have Ryan Getzloff come back and then problem solved. We have a captain again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny with Getzloff, too, as I caught up with him, and it's interesting. He doesn't doesn't really know what he's going to do next. It was kind of funny. I, I asked him, you know, how's retirement life? And he said, well, he's like the family Uber now. He says he drives his kids <laughs> all over the place, like to school and practice and all this. He's just going all over the place, um, doing you know the the dad things, which I mean he totally loves doing. Uh, so he's really busy into that. He also said that they bought another house in Tennessee. So I hit him up about that and I asked, well, so what's your plan? Uh, you gonna go back and forth, you know, between California and Tennessee, or you're gonna you know pick up and go out there? And he just said it was up in there. There wasn't really any decision made yet. I know he was at practice too recently when I went and, and saw um, some of the festivities at training camp. So if, if there's a spot for him within the organization, maybe, maybe not, I don't know. But he didn't really bring that up. He was kind of tight-lipped about that. So, um, But I'm happy for him. You know, he's, he's doing a lot of stuff, spending a lot of time with, with the family, uh, keeping his options open. And, and, you know, good for him and for everything he's done for this team. But... I never even thought about that, Eddie. You cracked me up. If he was to come back and like finish the season or something as captain and catapult the Ducks to the, the playoffs, that that would be like one of the craziest storylines of this season, Eddie. That'd be fun. But you know what? He's he, he's worked his ass off all those years. I think he deserves uh, the retirement. I'm 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 sure he missed out on a lot of those things, taking his kids to practice and being there, but by being so busy all the time. So I'm I'm glad for him, and I hope. Uh, he figures out what he what he wants to do. Uh, hopefully, it's something to do with the ducks in the near future. But I'm glad he's enjoying that, uh, being the Uber for his family and being the being there and doing the dad thing. That that's good for him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he's he's definitely busy. I'll tell you that he is running around. So, um, but yeah, good for him and the stuff that he's doing with his family. Uh, another uh, sponsor we have is uh, BuckedUp.com. Uh, Eddie uses this a lot for uh, energy uh, workouts and whatnot. Uh, it's a powder supplement. You can check it out on uh, buckedup.com, and if you put in the the uh, code uh, DUCKSANDBUCKS93, you will get a discount there as well. So um, with that, we're kind of moving towards the end of the show. Um, a couple other things that have come up. Uh, the Ducks Retro Jersey. I know there's a lot of questions about this. We had the Mighty Ducks, excuse me, the Mighty Jerseys. He asks us, 
you know, there's conflicting reports about the Ducks Retro Reverse jersey. Do you prefer an orange alternate or original striping? Well, I'll tell you what I heard, and I know I talked to some of, some of us on our team uh, before the show, but I guess there's been a lot of indecisiveness on what this jersey is going to be. <laughs> so it sounds like they were looking at maybe doing something going back to the 2006 uh, jersey with the Anaheim Ducks on it. Like kind of like that that home away one, like doing some kind of retro thing with that was kind of my understanding. Um, then they talked about going away from that. They they went back to that, and the latest I heard is that it's some kind of modification of the uh, third orange jersey, the the Mighty Duck one. But again, that could change too. I don't know. That's just the latest that I heard. Um, I've seen some people saying it might be that, but predominantly white uh, with the Mighty Ducks logo. Um, you know, it's tough to say. I I feel like it might be like the other reverse retro jersey, right? We had the Wild Wing one. It was mainly teal. Then they came out. It was mainly white. Did the same thing. I almost feel like they're going to do the third, you know, orange with the Mighty Duck logo and do it primarily white. The, the other big reason is because they had the 25th anniversary jersey, and that was pretty much black. And you already have orange. So what else is there left to do, right? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of, I mean, that's just me leaning that way but but what do you think eddie you think that maybe they should try and do a major orange one again or try to go back to like the original maybe the the you know uh, green and teal back in the day i mean what, what do you what do you think i don't know but just put it out there seeing the season starts on wednesday for the ducks and they, they still don't have that uh their, their new reverse retro i'm surprised too because i heard last season that each team was going to have another a new reverse retro and, and there's no really announcement for that um, you made uh, you made a, uh, a comment right now saying like have the orange but have like a white version of that jersey. I'd be I'd be cool and happy with something like that. I do love the 25th anniversary jersey. I think it's probably one of my top favorites. That just that jersey looks so clean and beautiful. I wish we could see it a little bit more uh, in the near future. Like I said before, I wish they would just do a little more things with the jerseys. I know basketball. Well, basketball goes overboard. It's like every game they have a different jersey. But like I said before, have a home, have an away. Have an alternate, have a, a retro, then now a reverse retro kind of thing. I think that'd be cool. I I I know fans would definitely want the the old original, either the eggplant or the the white version of those jerseys back. And that's all you need to do. Just slap the Adidas little sticker on there, and everyone will be happy. Yeah, I, I go back to the original colors. To be honest, I I mean, if you're gonna do the Mighty Duck logo, I mean, if you flip it around, make it mainly white with orange, yeah, that's okay. I I'd rather just go back old school. Just go back to that, do some kind of modification of that, um, and I'd be happy. You already did the Wild Wing one. Um, go for it, you know, bust it out. Another one that I remember you guys talked about too is the Coho jersey with the black and the purple and Anaheim Ducks on that one. Even some kind of version of that one because I like that jersey. That one's like super unique compared to most of the jerseys. There's no other real Ducks jersey like that. I, I think that one's different. So. Maybe if they did something that was primarily purple, like we've talked about, they haven't really done that since the original one. You you did the teal, you did white, you did black, you did orange. Maybe you do that. I I don't know. I I always like kind of the the you know darker colors or or anything other than just white. I guess Eddie. I don't know. That's just kind of my take. Oh yeah, same here. Like darker colors, it makes you look slimmer. And it just looks better, and you don't get dirty. I have a like. I would wear my white jerseys more, but I just don't trust myself because I get clumsy with food or beard. I don't want to ruin it. 
a few of the white jerseys that have their sign. I definitely don't want to wear those. It's, it's harder to wash. So it's just I just stick to the the black or I'll wear the orange here and there. Just or just like whatever I feel like. I do want to that 06 Coho one. I do wish I could wear that more. It's just uh, when I got it, I found it at a pawn shop. It's like 3X, 3XL. So it's like definitely doesn't fit me. It looks like a blanket. So it's like unfortunately I can't wear that one. I've been trying to find one my size because I, that's one of my favorite jerseys the Ducks ever put out. But I haven't been uh, lucky enough to find one yet. Yeah, it, it's a hard jersey to find for sure. And, and it is. It's one of my favorites too. I, I love it. So we'll have to wait and see. I don't know what the final answer is going to be. Heard a lot of different things about that. So um, also just kind of rounding out the show, the Ducks have done a lot of stuff lately. They uh, came out with Duck Stream. They're having their audio uh, for the games on there. They also have tons of podcasts on there, like like eight or nine different shows. It's like crazy. They've had a lot of guests on there. They've had Korean Salani on there, uh, Elliot Freeman, a bunch of other people. So I, I highly recommend it. A lot of guests on there, uh, a lot of good uh, content on there. They really went all out. They brought in some new people, um, and, and they're doing a really good job. So a lot of stuff on there. One of the stories I, I laughed at was I had Aikens on there, and he joked about being in the Hall of Fame, Eddie. And I was like, what is he talking about? And then he was talking about how he was on ice when Tamu scored the goal and threw the you know glove up in the air and shot it, that he was one of the ones that came over and hugged him. And he was like, yeah, you know, I was in that Hall of Fame moment. And I just thought that was one of the funniest things. So there's a lot of good stories on there, Eddie. If you haven't heard about them, I would go on there and check them out. Yeah, definitely. I always like like to listen to something while I'm at work. So I don't have to focus on work. I just have my I guess entertained. So I didn't go check. I I I I followed them and stuff. I saw a few things they've done. I haven't really just like went and dove in and listened to all the podcasts. I need to jump on that and uh, so we can talk about more of what they're talking about and stuff like that. And I can hear some of those amazing and fun stories. Yeah, absolutely. We you know related to team. We had one one fan ask us a funny question. Uh, Clancy Schreiber, he asks us, would you let Tamu steal your steak, Eddie? <laughs> he could steal whatever the hell he wants. It's, it's, it's Solani. I don't care. He could just go ahead and steal it. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I just thought that. I don't know. It's not about Tamu. So I don't know. It's just a random question. I know you're like, probably, what the hell? But yeah, we had a fan ask that. I'm like, uh, yeah, he could take the steak. I'm good with that. <laughs> he, could do, yeah, he could do whatever he wants. That's fine. And, and yeah, keep shooting us random questions like that. They're always fun to, to answer and little think out to, outside the box but yeah i don't care if i was starving it was my last meal go ahead and take it he deserve it all the great memories that we have of you and watching you play helping bring a stanley cup to the ducks be my guest you know what take my freaking beer too you can have it let me just take one more sip you can have it <laughs> oh man uh, another thing that the ducks did if you saw it uh in the preseason they have something called the impact club so they like gutted out the whole area by the Ducks bench and you can actually go down into this area. It's a bar, uh, like lounge type feel, very cool from what I saw on TV because I haven't been there. And you can watch the players come out, skate on the ice, you know, give them a fist bump or a high five or whatever. Kind of very similar to, you know, Vegas Knights do it, some of the other teams do it as well. And the Ducks did that. So I thought that was very cool um, experience. And then I, I, I dove into into it to figure out, like, okay, what's the deal? Like, how does this work? So it's a great experience, but it's kind of going to be very limited because uh, they only open it up to 250 season ticket holders. 
and it's an annual pass that you buy on top of your tickets and <laughs> the prices range but they're at least nine thousand dollars so um yeah it's kind of unfortunate i'm glad that they did it i think it's a great idea you do get unlimited food and drink eddie with it so maybe you can drink that much in the 41 home games i don't know but um it's just kind of unfortunate i i, I I wish that they would have single game type things or something else a little bit more affordable for us us peasants that sit in the 400 level. But great idea. I love it. I, I think it's great for the fans. You can go down and do that. But um, very frustrating that uh, us common folk, <laughs> I, I'm probably never going to see that in my lifetime, Eddie. Yeah, probably not either. If I get drunk one day, just run down there, jump on the ice, and just sprint as fast as I can over there. But yeah, it's the prices are like a little ridiculous. It's like that Club Forty Seven thing at Disneyland, I believe it's called. It's like, I think it's like forty or fifty k a year you have to pay for this membership. Uh, or I don't know if I I might be wrong on that. I know it's like a hell of a lot of money to actually be in that club and and go to that bar and drink inside Disneyland. I never even stepped foot in it. I know it's somewhere by Pirates of the Caribbean or something, but it's just yeah, they should make that more exclusive for all fans, not just uh, to select few that can afford that because dropping nine thousand ten thousand just to be able to go down there and have some food and fist bump a player that's just like i i i hope i win the lottery and i'm that stupid rich where i can just throw nine thousand to give a fist bump to mctavish or zegris yeah and that and that price in case you're wondering that's that's on top of your season ticket holder price so that that's in addition to yeah it's not it's not part of like you don't get a discount for being a season ticket holder <laughs> So, you know what though? If if I did purchase that, if I had the money and I bought that, you best believe I would be drinking ten thousand dollars worth of alcohol when I'm down there. You and you and I would line up yeah. at like noon and be like, "When is this? When is this lounge? This uh, yep. when is this Impact Club opening up?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we would be there. They'd have to throw us out. We'd be so freaking hammered. <laughs> uh, but but it, I mean, it is a cool thing that they did do for the fans uh, to see that and the way that they did it. I just I just wish that. More of us, you know, like I said, the 400-level peasants could, could enjoy it. But anyways, um, they did do that as well. Now, we have some news, some things that we were doing too. I, I talked about the Fanatics thing earlier. You can go check that out, thanks to Jesse. The other thing we did is we partnered up with Noble Ale Works. Uh, we will be having watch parties there, a lot of them this season. You, you remember before we've had them at um, El Ranchito in the past. We did it at Steelcraft, also in Garden Grove. Uh, a couple different places like that uh, but this is where we're going to be this season maybe even going forward i've got some friends that work there and we've set it up so we will be there this coming saturday uh what is that that's going to be the 15th october 15th at uh 4 30 the doors open at three um you can go there and if you're wearing duck stuff you get 10 percent off your entire order uh, there, so we'll be posting a lot of stuff on social media and whatnot. That'll be the first watch party we have this season. Uh, we're probably going to have a lot. Uh, I, I don't know how many, but we're going to get back on that. I'm very excited. Last year we only had like one or two, so we're really going to pump that out more this year for you guys. And uh, we'll get together and hang out. Um, we may do the road games, maybe some of the home games too. I'm not sure how it's all going to pan out, but I'm very very excited uh, to do that. My my good friend that is over there. Uh, working we're working this out um, we kind of talked about it last year and promoted some of the parties but we're really going for forward this year so look for those watch parties also uh, I had new ducks and puck shirts redone uh, if you didn't catch them um, they're they're on there you can go to tpnhockey.com and find them on there so that's that's uh, tom paul nancy hockey.com 
uh, and get uh, shirts or sweatshirts. It's the newer logo on there. Um, there's hats and t-shirts and other stuff on there as well. So plenty of new things that we're working on. Now we gave away a lot of preseason tickets this year. Uh, we may do some more ticket, uh, ticket giveaways for the regular season as well. So stay tuned for that. And uh, Eddie and I are get back in the groove. We're looking to have the show, like I said, at the beginning of the week. Uh, each week during the season, kind of get back on a normal uh, path there. Uh, anything you want to add, Eddie, before we uh, close out the uh, the first official show of the Ducks 2022-23 season? Oh, I'm going to try to make it Saturday, so I hope I can see a few of you guys there. Uh, if you guys ever see us at the games, uh, you're more than welcome to come up and say hi to us. We love meeting new people. I mean, we, we, all, sell, or we all cheer for the same team, so you guys are all considered friends and family too, so just don't be shy. Uh, come say hi, and I'll see you guys at the games this upcoming season. Yeah, looking forward to it. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's our eighth year doing this. It's crazy. So um, a lot of fun. We're excited. Um, whether the Ducks you know, make the playoffs or not, it's still going to be a fun ride. And looking forward to hanging out with everybody and you know, watching these games. So let's go Ducks.